This happened on a backwoods creepy highway road somewhere between Georgia and Florida in the 80s. My family has always been a Midwestern road trip family, since Dad does not like flying. When I was a preteen, we took one of many road trips to Florida, and Mom and Dad both would drive for the entire 24 hours, just to stop to eat and take breaks gas. I have always been a light road sleeper, and wake up for anything. The reason why this story sticks with me so well is that it is one of the only times I've seen both my parents show signs of being scared, something as a kid I really never saw. In the middle of the night I remember waking up to my parents talking about something in a concerning tone. The windows were open, since we were far enough south now to be out of crappy November Midwest weather. Once I wake up, they both stopped talking so I sit up thinking they were arguing or something, and that I stopped it. I look out the window and see nothing. Just like trees and fields, the moon and electrical poles. But nothing. No houses. No other cars. Nothing, nothing, nothing. I ask where we are and my mom actually says, I don't know. So now I'm really like WTF. I say, are we lost? And they both just say nothing. And then I hear music, like our car radio playing. But it's coming from outside. Just loud enough like it's a car next to us, but we are the only car on the road. But not loud enough to make out the exact song, it's just... music. And my parents are listening to it too, all quiet. So I say, where is that music coming from? And there is a pause and my mom finally says, I don't know. So I say, is it our radio? And my mom says no. And then suddenly my dad says very, very calmly, Wife, roll up your window. And my mom practically has a heart attack getting the window rolled up. I went back to sleep somehow, but I had no idea what was happening, and my dad drove faster. On the same trip we saw a couple with a trailer hitching up a car behind them, but it was hitched up in a way that it looked like an invisible person was driving. My parents thought that was so hilarious, and then redirected any mention of the phantom music to that part of my trip. So I've never fully gotten 100% the true story. I hope you enjoyed. I have other weird forest creepy encounters too, if you would like more. A couple weeks ago, my dad shared the below. My dad is about as down to earth and grounded as they get. Him, his then high school girlfriend, his best friend with girlfriend in tow, and another male friend would drive out to the back roads. The roads we're talking about are pretty desolate, could go through the night without seeing another car. They would randomly stop, put on some tunes, and do what teens do. This is the late 70s as reference. One night they stopped and were hanging out, when in the field about 500 yards away a total of five lights, shown spaced about 50 yards from each other, and roughly 20 feet off the ground. 
My dad said they all just stared because the lights were so brilliantly bright, but really did not hurt the eyes. Roughly 15 seconds after being on they went off without a sound. They all were discussing what it was when once again the lights came on again. This time they noticed three people, standing about 50 yards in front of the lights, just standing no movement. Lights turned back off, my dad said they were not scared since it seemed so far away from them. Lights go back on, the initial three people have moved up roughly 50 yards, and there is now five more behind them, 50 yards. Like bowling pin arrangement. Lights back off. At this point while still kind of watching, my dad and his friends are packing up to nope out of there. The lights come back on, and there is the initial eight people still in the same position. But now one single person about 200 yards away right in the middle of the light spectrum. That was it, they floored it out of there. No one looked back, and it was never spoken of amongst the friends. My dad said if it was some sort of production to spook five high schoolers, it was well accomplished. All this happened within a three-five minute period of time as reference. I had to ask did you see the lights for a fourth time while driving away. He said they were all so shook up, they would not have even noticed did not want to see them again. The secluded and dangerous part of the National Forest was our sanctuary, my refuge from the monotony of everyday life. I'm Jack, an avid hunter, and I had a tight-knit troop of five friends who shared my passion for the wild and the thrill of the hunt. Our adventures in this untamed territory were the stuff of legends, but one particular hunt would etch itself into our memory like a scar. A mark that could never be erased. The dense forest was home to wild wolves and bears, making it a challenging and perilous hunting ground. We'd always taken precautions, but this time, we ventured even deeper into the heart of the wilderness, where the dangers were greater, and the odds more unpredictable. It was a crisp autumn day when we set out, rifles in hand and determination in our hearts. As we trod deeper into the woods, a sense of trepidation hung in the air. The towering trees cast long shadows, and the silence was only occasionally broken by the distant hoot of an owl or the rustling of leaves. Our loyal dogs, a pack of seasoned hounds, sniffed the ground and growled uneasily, sensing something amiss. And then, it happened. A shadowy figure emerged from the dense underbrush. It stood on two skinny hind legs, its arms so impossibly long that they reached the ground like a gorilla leaning backward. My heart pounded in my chest as I locked eyes with this grotesque creature. Its spine was crooked, giving it an eerie, unsettling posture. It resembled a terminal anorexic bull its deformed face lacking horns but sporting a shaggy neck mane. Its skin was an eerie moonlight gray, and its eyes shone with an unnatural, otherworldly light. 
Fear surged through my veins as I realized the creature was real, not some figment of my imagination. Panic spread among my friends, but we were hunters, and we knew we had to defend ourselves. Our rifles were our only hope. The creature attacked with a speed and ferocity that defied its skeletal frame. In the midst of the battle, two of my friends fell to its relentless assault, their screams echoing through the forest. The rest of us fired our rifles, bullets tearing into the creature's grotesque form. It howled in agony but pressed on, its malevolent eyes locked onto me. Desperation gave us strength, and we continued firing until the creature finally collapsed to the ground. We watched it with a mixture of relief and horror as its body twitched and convulsed. Blood pooled around it, staining the forest floor. But then, as we cautiously approached to examine the fallen predator, a chilling realization washed over us. Its body was slowly evaporating, dissolving into thin air before our eyes. We stared in disbelief as the moonlight gray skin faded into nothingness, leaving behind only a faint, lingering scent of something otherworldly. Confusion and fear gripped us as we exchanged bewildered glances. What had we just encountered? There were no answers, only questions that lingered like a haunting specter in our minds. We retreated from that cursed place, carrying the memory of that inexplicable encounter with us. The forest held secrets beyond our understanding, and that night we had brushed against the boundaries of the unknown. As we mourned the loss of our friends, we were left with a chilling reminder that some mysteries were not meant to be unraveled, and some horrors were best left forgotten. When you move to a new place, you expect surprises. New faces, new paths, new experiences. But when my brother and I moved into our new house, we discovered something we could never have anticipated. The house was nestled against expansive backwoods, an open invitation to exploration and adventure. Being nature enthusiasts, we were thrilled by the opportunity to have our very own wilderness to traverse. We laced up our boots and decided to explore our new playground one sunny afternoon, not knowing the chilling encounter that lay ahead. Our hike led us into a quaint open grass field, a startling contrast to the dense woods we just navigated. An island of green amidst a sea of trees. There, in the center of this unexpected meadow, was a figure hunched over in a blue jacket. We assumed it was a friend we'd made recently. I didn't have my glasses on, but the familiar blue jacket seemed a good enough sign. So, with a grin, I jogged across the field, excited to surprise our friend. As I approached the figure, I soon realized our mistake. It wasn't our friend. It was a man, a stranger. He was crouched over the carcass of a deer, brutally jabbing at it with a blunt stick. The sight was macabre, a horrifying scene framed by the serene beauty of the meadow. 
I froze in place as the man raised his head, his eyes meeting mine. Fear took hold, adrenaline pumping through my veins as my heart pounded against my ribcage. I turned on my heel, shouting at my brother to run. The joyful exploration had turned into a terrifying chase as we sprinted back through the woods. The memory of that day still sends chills down my spine. The tranquil beauty of our backwoods forever marred by the unsettling encounter. We learned something important that day. Our new home held surprises all right, but some were far more disturbing than we could ever have imagined. January 1st, 1992. It was the early morning, and my wife and I were making our way back to Sandy from a fun day of sledding at Mount Hood. We were about six, seven miles from Government Camp, Oregon, when something caught our attention. As we rounded a curve, we spotted a figure standing in the foot-deep snow near the creek. Intrigued, I decided to stop the car and get a closer look. I walked over to where the mysterious being stood, but as I approached, it gave me a disdainful glance, as if telling me to back off. Without further hesitation, it crossed the road and swiftly ran up a nearby bank. I stood there, mesmerized, for a total of three-four minutes, trying to process what I had just witnessed. The creature was truly awe-inspiring. It stood between seven to eight feet tall and had massive thighs and a remarkably broad waist, perhaps indicating that it was pregnant. Its arms hung down, extending to its knees, and its face was devoid of any hair. The skin on its face had a light leather color, while the rest of its body was covered in dark reddish-black hair with patches of chocolate hues mixed in. The hair on its body was approximately two, three inches long, while the hair on its head reached around four inches in length. The encounter left us both intrigued and curious. We wanted to explore further, so on the 2nd of January, my friend Scott and I, along with a group from Salem, ventured back to the area to see if we could find any traces of the enigmatic creature. One of the members of our group diligently tracked the Bigfoot for four or five miles through the treacherous, snow-covered terrain. The snow was often four feet deep, making the task even more challenging. Eventually, however, the tracker had to give up and return, unable to keep up with the elusive creature. During our expedition, we managed to capture photographs of the distinct string of footprints left behind in the snow. These images served as evidence of our journey and the encounter we had experienced. It was a thrilling adventure, tinged with a mix of wonder and fascination. To this day, that encounter remains etched in my memory serving as a constant reminder of the mysteries that surround us. The photographs and the stories we shared serve as testaments to the existence of creatures that defy conventional explanations. It was a glimpse into a world that exists beyond our understanding, 
and it sparked a lifelong curiosity in me to unravel the secrets of the unknown. I've been hesitant to share this story, but it's been weighing on my mind for over a year now. It's a strange occurrence that happened one morning, and I still can't find a logical explanation for it. So here goes. I should mention that I'm a heavy sleeper, relying on multiple alarms to wake me up in the morning. Sudden noises around the house rarely disrupt my slumber. However, on this particular morning, something happened that jolted me awake. I heard my mom's voice shouting, for God's sake. The sound came from the hallway, just outside my bedroom door. At first, I assumed she was scolding our cat for getting into some mischief. Feeling groggy, I chose to ignore it and attempted to drift back to sleep. But before I could fully succumb to slumber, I heard the creaking of my bedroom door opening. My mom entered, her face filled with concern. What's wrong? she asked. Confused by her question, I rolled over and replied, Nothing. I didn't say anything. Her expression became even more bewildered, and she insisted, but you shouted for me. I couldn't comprehend what she was saying because I knew I hadn't uttered a word. In fact, I never sleep talk, neither before nor after this incident. It simply wasn't something I did. The situation grew stranger when I realized that we both heard each other's voices saying completely different things. It was as if there were two parallel conversations taking place. How could this be? It couldn't have been an external person since we live alone. So who or what could have spoken those words? To this day, this baffling incident still unnerves me. I've racked my brain trying to find a rational explanation, but nothing seems to fit. If anyone out there can shed some light on this, or has experienced something similar, please share your insights. I'm eager to find some semblance of understanding and put this eerie mystery to rest. In the tranquil wilderness of the Oregon Cascades, three of us embarked on a camping adventure seeking solace amidst nature's embrace. Nestled among the deer beds near the mountain saddle, we settled in for a chilly late May night, unaware of the extraordinary events that would unfold. As the cold air kissed our faces, I succumbed to slumber, entering a realm where dreams dance with reality. In the depths of my sleep, a haunting sensation gripped me as if an unseen force yanked me from the confines of my tent and dragged me downhill. Startled and disoriented, I awoke abruptly, my heart pounding, struggling to discern the line between the dream and the tangible world around me. Seeking solace in the certainty of time, I reached for my phone, eager to ground myself in its familiar glow. However, something else captured my attention, a flickering light, moving above our camp. Assuming it to be the presence of my cousin, I dismissed the strange occurrence, 
allowing sleep to reclaim me once more. With the morning sun painting the landscape in golden hues, we ventured out, engaging in light-hearted banter as we trekked through the wilderness. It was then that my cousin's voice pierced the serene atmosphere, filled with a mix of bewilderment and exhaustion. He revealed that his sleep had been restless, plagued by vivid dreams of being dragged down the mountain. My curiosity peaked, I probed further, asking our other cousin if he had experienced any peculiar dreams during the night. To my astonishment, he too confessed to dreams hauntingly similar, mirroring the nightmarish ordeal of being forcefully pulled downhill. A chill ran down my spine as the pieces of this mystifying puzzle began to align. Sharing my own nocturnal encounter, I unveiled the eerie similarity between our dreams, connecting the threads of an inexplicable phenomenon. This story was one that my dad told me after I told him about the experience I had. The story goes it was late afternoon, early evening when my dad let the family dog out. The dog was outside making a strange sound, almost a growling, winning sound. My father went out to see what was wrong when he seen a brownish creature leaning against the tree with one arm resting on tree. From where my dad stood, he could see the side of this thing. He said it stood around seven feet tall and it had hair hanging down from this arm. The dog still making sounds my father yelled at him to come. This thing then turned and faced my father looked at him for around 10-15 seconds, then casual walked off into the woods that surrounded our home. My father said the thing was around 50-100 yards away from him. After the incident my father went out to the tree, it was lianning against and found some brownish hair. He didn't tell anyone till 95 when I called telling him I had just saw a Bigfoot. He then told me this story. Where I seen a creature passed on the roadway was less than five miles from where my dad seen one by our home. Gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. You don't know how many times I walked home late at night from a friend's house out in the boonies with just a flashlight. I wouldn't do that again for nothing. In late 2001, as an officer patrolling near Las Vegas, New Mexico, I found myself in a mountainous rural area, surrounded by the stillness of the early morning. My partner and I sat inside our fully marked police cruiser, parked by the roadside next to a dense thicket of dark woods. Daylight was just beginning to break, allowing us to see clearly through the windows without the need for headlights. As we engaged in conversation, my partner diligently filled out paperwork, oblivious to the imminent encounter that was about to unfold. It was approximately 5 a.m., and the world was slowly waking up around us. Suddenly, our attention was drawn to movement at the edge of the bushes, where there was no discernible path or roadway. With bated breath, 
we watched as a massive figure emerged from the undergrowth, making its way toward us. The creature had four legs, hooves pounding the ground, but what struck us most were its long, muscular arms swinging back and forth, resembling the movements of an ape. In the short span of time it took for the headlights to circle through the windshield, the creature covered a distance of about a hundred yards. Our hearts raced as we realized the sheer size of the entity. Standing at least eight feet tall, it loomed over us. Reacting instinctively, my partner and I leapt out of the car. He reached for his firearm while I, opting for a non-confrontational approach, cautiously moved towards the creature. It seemed to recognize my lack of aggression and swiftly disappeared into the depths of the surrounding woods, moving with an uncanny agility on all fours. Driven by curiosity and a sense of duty, I ventured into the same woods, hoping to track the elusive creature. To my surprise, there was no trace of any disturbance or evidence of its passage through the dense brush. It was as if the creature had vanished into thin air. There was no sign of human tracks or any indication that someone had sprinted through that very spot. It was a baffling mystery, leaving me with more questions than answers. In my quest for understanding, I reached out to fellow officers in neighboring towns, and they shared similar reports of a wild man roaming the area. Other accounts emerged, speaking of startled horses and the discovery of large human-like footprints in their vicinity. Our department devoted significant time and resources to tracking down the elusive creature, but our efforts proved fruitless. It seemed that our encounter was a fleeting glimpse of a phenomenon that defied explanation. As the days turned into weeks, the creature remained elusive fading into the depths of local folklore. It became a tale shared among law enforcement and the local community, an enigmatic presence lurking in the memories of those who had witnessed it. While we never laid eyes on the creature again, the encounter served as a reminder of the mysteries that lie within the vastness of our world, waiting to be unraveled. I was deep in the wilderness, backpacking with my faithful dog, miles away from civilization. It was just the two of us, surrounded by the serene beauty of nature. We had encountered no other hikers throughout the day, making the solitude even more pronounced. In the dead of night, around 2 a.m. my dog's growl startled me awake. I quickly turned on my headlamp and saw his teeth bared, his instincts on high alert. Something was amiss. I strained my ears and heard heavy footsteps approaching our tent. The possibility of a black bear or a moose crossed my mind. Taking swift action, I leashed my dog, ensuring he couldn't charge through the tent. As I did so, the footsteps receded but continued to circle around our campsite. Confusion clouded my mind. I had properly stored all food and toiletries in a bear bag, 
eliminating any potential attractants. I clapped my hands, hoping to deter whatever was circling us. Yet, the slow, deliberate movements persisted behavior more peculiar for a human than a moose or a bear seeking food. Gathering my courage, I made a decision. Gripping the leash in one hand and clutching bear spray in the other, I stepped out of the tent, raising my voice and shouting, Hey bear! The footsteps abruptly halted, and my dog's keen senses directed my attention to the right. However, my headlamp revealed nothing. There was no sound of a retreat, only an eerie silence. Giving it a few minutes, I cautiously returned to the tent, still on edge. But before long, the unsettling circling resumed, approximately 50 feet away from us. It continued for what felt like an hour, a constant reminder of an unseen presence lurking in the darkness. Eventually, the footsteps wandered off into the depths of the woods, disappearing with the dawn. As morning broke, I decided to investigate. Equipped with my dog and the bear spray, I began searching for tracks. Amongst the fallen leaves, I discovered a clear path that had been trampled, but no discernible footprints. My dog's nose led us further, tracing the loop around our campsite. And there, in the midst of nature's splendor, I came across a chilling discovery. A few unmistakable human footprints, bare and of regular size, adorned the ground. It was clear that someone, a stranger, had ventured into the remote wilderness, intruding upon our solitude and encircling my tent for over an hour. Adding to the eerie revelation, a human turd and scattered toilet paper lay as evidence of their presence, a disturbing reminder that an individual, possibly with malicious intent, had violated the sanctity of the wilderness. It was a cold evening in January 2023 in Navajo Summit, Arizona. I had my two nieces with me, one was six, the other eight. I had gone to our family cabin, waiting on my sister to return from town. The evening started at about 7 p.m., and we didn't have a key to the house. We waited for a couple hours, and the girls eventually fell asleep in my truck. As the night continued, the temperature also dropped. I fell asleep as well. I woke around 9.30 p.m. It was very cold in the truck. I started the vehicle. As I depressed the brake pedal to start the truck, I noticed in the side mirror a face looking at me from the glow in the tail light. I hesitated to look at first, but gathered enough courage to observe it again. I saw a white face with long gray-white hair and black eyes looking at me. I freaked out. Once I started the truck, I sped off and headed to the highway, not sure if what I saw was following us. It was. I continued down the highway in a panic. After a few minutes, I felt as if something had jumped into the bed of my truck. I turned west to head towards a town called Ganado. I went as fast as I could to my parents' house. 
Upon reaching the turnoff, I felt it jump out of the truck and watched the same white-haired entity run along the right-of-way fence. As I pulled up to the house, I quickly carried my nieces inside. Once inside, I situated the girls for bed. Later that night, I dreamed that I walked about two miles to my aunt's house. No one was home. As I walked back home, I noticed this same white-haired thing paralleling me. I quickly ran home, went inside and locked the door behind me, and then went to bed. As I woke the next morning, I noticed sand and dirt at the foot of my bed. I told my parents of what had happened, and of what I had dreamed. Since we are native Navajo, they took me to a medicine man, and he told me that I actually sleepwalked to my aunt's house, and when I entered the house, it followed me in. Totally freaked me out. Did I encounter a skinwalker? The medicine man refused to answer my questions, but my father is still vigilant and believed that I was the target of a native witch. So I grew up in a small town in Canada. Just up from my house in the hillside, there was a shack. This shack was a bit bigger than an outhouse had a bed and a desk in it. Every full moon at about 2 a.m., you could see this figure standing overlooking my neighborhood followed by a dark ominous laugher and cries if this thing has been hurt deeply. What's strange is only the kids in the neighborhood could see it. It doesn't stop there though. We were all sitting in the hot tub at my neighbor's house and the house next to his was just getting built so there was no fence between his house and the new house. We were all talking when my buddy saw something in the basement window. He was facing the house. We all turn, and at the same time we see an old man in the window, and his smile grew to a huge size. We all saw it. Since then, nothing has happened because we all moved and went separate ways, but now the hillside has been fully developed into housing. Do you think this was an evil entity or some soul suffering? When I was 11 years old, my father decided to treat us to a sledding adventure on a logging road not too far from our home. The location boasted higher elevation guaranteeing better snow for our winter escapade. We gathered our excitement and set off to a place known as the Five Mile Cause, named after the steep hill it featured. As we arrived at our destination, I couldn't contain my enthusiasm. The left side of the hill was adorned with towering timber, while the right side revealed a vast clear-cut. At the bottom of the hill, a road emerged stretching into the open expanse. My father, the ever-prepared adventurer, had even built a fire at the top of the hill to keep us warm as we indulged in the thrill of sledding. Eager to experience the rush, I decided to embark on a solo run down the hill. With adrenaline coursing through my veins, I slid down the slope, feeling the wind whip past me. Finally, I reached the bottom and gracefully came to a stop. 
Excitedly, I hopped off the sled and rose to my feet, ready to relish in the triumph of my speedy descent. But as I turned to my right, an unexpected sight froze me in my tracks. Two towering figures stood before me, their presence both mesmerizing and unsettling. These creatures, larger than any I had ever seen, locked their gaze upon me. In that moment, time seemed to stand still, and an inexplicable fear gripped my heart. Without a second thought, I pivoted on my heels and began walking away from the enigmatic beings. At first, my steps were cautious and deliberate, my eyes darting back to ensure I was not being pursued. But the growing sense of urgency urged me to quicken my pace. As my heart raced, I broke into a run, propelled by an instinctual need to distance myself from the unknown. About one o'clock in the morning, I stepped out on the front porch to put some dry food out for the cats, and evidently I scared some type of creature because it was eating off the porch. And when I got out there and shut the door, it went down the bottom of the stairs to the driveway. It was small round. I didn't see any legs. I couldn't see its face. It didn't turn around. It had long brown hair that hung to the ground, and it started to move. And it waddled as fast as it could, which wasn't very fast. It didn't have any legs, and as it waddled, it kind of moved down the driveway. It started to grow, get taller, and the brown hair was gone. It became short hair, dark hair. The legs grew as it went down the driveway. It wasn't making a sound, and I thought, as it's going down, I'm thinking raccoon. It gets to the end of the driveway, and it's tall like a deer, and I think deer. It runs across the street. It's not making a sound. It clears the sidewalk across the street with one foot. And at that point, I hear a hoof print. A hoof print. It ran across the lawn, the front lawn of the people up the street. They also have a concrete patio right after the lawn, and at that point, it made no noise as it went across the patio. At that point, I could see that it was growing long black hair, and it was running, and it was flowing up behind it. I watched it until it got all the way past all their lights. The street was well lit. I saw everything from the bottom of my porch to the end of the driveway. Hoof prints on the sidewalk, cleared the lawn, no noise as it was going across their patio, and it started to grow long hair, black long hair that flowed out behind it. I don't know. I watched it until it went into the darkness. I had my porch light on. We have a street light out in front of the house. People across the street had their porch light on which was unusual for one in the morning. We live in a cul-de-sac. The street is not very wide. At the end of the cul-de-sac, there's a field there, and there's a creek through their backyard. And so it ran into the darkness. A couple of days later, I went over to the lady that lives in the cul-de-sac. I went in, sat down, and I told her all the things, and she sat there, 
stared out the window for a moment, and she said, Well, I guess things happen. And she thought for another moment, and said that she sees all kinds of animals coming up from the creek all the time. When I was 13 or 14, my mother's friend asked if I would like to babysit her kids for a few hours one night. I live in a rural town, and to get to their house you have to drive to the outskirts of the town, about 15 minutes up a steep and narrow hill surrounded by forest. Their house was just off the road. Now if you pass their house, the road continues up into the mountains and forest and eventually starts heading down the other side and onto a main road where you can turn right and head back to the town. This is a substantially longer route if you want to head back to town. Also pitch black as you're driving through woods. I was so exited and felt grown up to babysit. Mum's friend was lovely and her husband was a police officer. My dad dropped me off and Mum's friend was going to give me a lift home. I was there for a few hours 11 p.m. or so and all went well. When they returned, the mother said her husband police officer was going to drive me home. As we started off, he didn't turn right, back down the road, the way we had come. He turned left, heading up the mountain and into the forest. I asked him, why are we going this way? He replied, it's just another way. Those were the only words he spoke to me. We sat in silence. He drove slowly deeper into the forest. When I said it was a longer route, I mean 45 minute drive instead of 15. I thought it was weird, but I was a naive and innocent kid. At one point I asked him if we were nearly there yet. No answer. I remember thinking maybe they had an argument as they were pretty cold with each other. When they got home he did drop me off home safe and sound and I thought nothing of it. Until I was an adult and the memory popped into my head one day. I don't understand why a grown man and a police officer would take that route with a young teen at 11.30 at night. I often wonder if he had sinister reasons. I didn't babysit again. Maybe I knew deep down it was weird. <laughs>